Good evening. How's everybody doing this evening? Good. I apologize. I'm having some technical difficulties. Apparently, this church is the angel of death to computers. Only I can figure. But uh, if, like I said, it went up there. The second time I turn around, we're having problems with it. And then uh, mine this evening is acted up, so I have to restart it. And uh, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, I guess the old devil just don't like uh, the word getting out. And uh, he's trying to stop it every way that he can. But, uh, well, well, we got it going anyway, so take that, old devil. <laughs> I know you're talking to my mother-in-law this time, either. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's gonna hurt me one of these days being mean to her. So, but it's so much fun. I don't know, you know, it's it's hard not to be. <laughs> Hello, Doctor Colbert. How art thou this evening? Thou art fine. Thou art fine. Did you have a good uh, emphasis class. Pretty good. Well, you can tell them. I, I know a lot of them take off after class. They're welcome to stay for service. <laughs> So uh, tell them well, we're not going to buy them or nothing or take up offerings. So like them to stay. <laughs> uh, let's see here. You know what? I forgot to find an opening scripture for this evening. I've got some busy studying and tormenting my mother-in-law. I forgot to even look up a good scripture to read this evening. Uh, it is all. I tell you what. Look at Romans chapter one, verse sixteen. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Romans <laughs> 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Alrighty, as me, Pappy always says, but this reading, the hearing of it to our hearts. All right, Poppy. All right, try to stay awake. All right, here we go. Let's see here. Uh, my mama's sent me a prayer request sheet. And let's see here. What she has on here. Um, Jane Kitchens, Kim Penix, Becky Hooks, Penny Higgins, Doug and Angie. Uh, apparently, they took a little spill yesterday on the motorcycles. They had on Facebook and... Uh, uh, but they even just said they got banged up a little bit. Said they were fine. That bike looked like the front end was tore off of it. Said they drove it home. So, I don't know. Uh, Larky and Nancy, Merv, Chuck and PK, Troy and Ginger, Glenn Johnson, Ron Thompson and family, Larry and Donna, Joe Franklin, Morris and Carolyn, Johnny and Nora, which I'm glad are here tonight. Good to see their pretty faces. Uh, glad Johnny's is covered. Uh, <laughs> I'm teasing Johnny. Uh, Mike Collins family, she's got Matt and Dick, our church family, our president in our country, okay. And uh, I, Todd and I are a little confused. I don't know if this was left over this morning or if this is tonight. It says Bernie Harper, uh, Zach Barrett, Larry Whalen family, and Mike Drawn. That was the, Oh. Oh, okay. All right, so that was tonight. Okay, good deal. We weren't sure, and uh, is any other prayer partners didn't make it on the prayer list at all. Still, your brother's still sick. Agreed. They fear what's going on. Oh, he's breathing better now. Wow. Wow. Grief. Pray for Josh Hall. He. Uh, Said he don't know what he's got. Said it wasn't COVID, but he's still pretty sick. I talked to him earlier, so keep him in your prayers. Kim, are you hot? I'm burning up too. But see, the last time I turned on the air, I had people whining and complaining it was cold. So she's yeah. always cold. Dad, tell me about it. It was below 99. I'm freezing in my coat. That's right. That's exactly right. Brandy just hurt her and Cheryl a bunch of them over here. Last, the last time. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. Is there any other prayer requests? Right, let's go ahead and pray. Therefore, Lord, we just thank you, love you, praise you. And uh, Lord, just thank you again for giving us another wonderful and beautiful day, uh, Lord, to glorify you in. 
Lord, I just want to lift up these prayer requests, concerns. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will be done in each and every situation. Lord, I pray that you be with Mr. Merv. I pray that you be with uh, Kim Penix. And I pray that you be with Wendy Lee. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you be with Jane Kitchings. And Lord, I just want to do a special prayer for Ron and Thelma, uh, Ron Thompson and for the loss of Thelma. And uh, Lord, uh, it's going to uh, leave a big hole in the world. She's a very sweet and wonderful lady, Lord Jesus. And uh, we know we'll see her again. But, uh, Lord, be with Ron and help him uh, dealing with this loss. And, uh, Lord, just pray that uh, you'll be with all the prayer requests, concerns that are uh, mentioned uh, this evening, and those spoken and unspoken. And, Lord, just let your will be done in each and every situation. Lord, let us serve you well in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, Announcement-wise, nothing uh, new or different. Uh, just, uh, of course, uh, uh, we'll be doing uh, Wednesday evening services online only. Appreciate all you guys coming out here on Sunday evening. Uh, I know we're not seeing a big crowd turn out, which I don't understand why. You know, you think as soon as people heard me coming, it'd be like Billy Graham, you know, stadium field. I'm just really shocked at that. You know, I just uh, aren't you Phil? You... Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just went. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to do online uh, only on Wednesday. Sunday nights we'll keep trying to do physical service here. And I'd uh, like to you know, at least do one, one a week anyway, you know. And, um, uh, but, uh, of course, Lord willing, uh, old Dr. Young will be back behind the helm uh, next Sunday morning. And uh, so, but, uh, other, yeah, I'm not doing more devotions this week because it's fall break. And, uh, and they, sometimes I just need to. Take a week here and there, just kind of rest my old brain a little bit and uh, uh, try to recoup and uh, get recharged. Um, trying to think here. Um, oh, and of course, you know, we won't be doing our fall festival this year because of all this whole COVID ordeal. And uh, so uh, I was trying to think of a way to still try to do something, even if it's outside. But I told mom, I said, it's like every harvest festival we have, it's always rainy and cold. and if our weather's any indication, it's hard to believe. They said last year at this time it was like 93 and 94 degrees and polar opposites of uh, what it is right now. So I'm really nervous to make a chance because people might look at a cup of snow or something. Uh, and uh, so that's the same thing with our children's uh, church. I, like I said, that woman messaged me yesterday and we're just going to give it just another. I like to give a few more weeks uh, just to make sure another spot goes crazy before we. Um, I decided to go that direction because I just don't want to take a chance of, man, be awful way to shut the church back down again for, and I don't want to do that. So, and, and won't as long as we can possibly keep the doors open for Sunday mornings at minimum, do that. But, um, uh, but I think that's all the announcements that I have. Um, again, I apologize for the uh, overhead not working and uh, don't know what's wrong with the computer. Uh, message Greg and uh, he, uh, he told me to unplug it, done that, let it sit for a while. Still nothing, plugged it up, still nothing. I tried again this evening, still nothing. So I don't know what's the matter with it. It's the craziest thing in the world. But he, we've had problems like this before, and he takes it home, plugs it up, and works perfect. So I, I, that's what he said earlier. He said, when I take his stuff home, it works. I'm like, well, I can't help that. I don't know. I just, I just like, just real, real quick, uh, when Brandy, when she got uh, T-boned, we had to try to find another car uh, with the insurance money we got and uh, we went over to Kid Kitchen. So I got, it was so funny. We was trying out this car. Well, uh, you know, we, we was talking about this stuff. Well, as soon as we get in it, uh, and Kid's good as gold. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's good as gold. And, and uh, if I could, I'd buy the car I could from him. But uh, we got in it. No sooner we got down the road, it was going like, I mean, it's choo -choo -choo. I mean, I thought, man, get this thing back quick, you know. And we told Ken, he goes, well, I never noticed that. Well, he got in, he said, come on, Matt. Drove several miles down the road and back, not a thing. I thought, I said, well, maybe it's just a fluke. Maybe he got some air in the lines or something, you know. He said, here, Brandy, try it again. <laughs> she got in it. Didn't even get halfway down the road. I mean, barely moving. And I said, what is going on? So finally, Ken, he said, Brandy, you get in the car and we'll go ride in. And, and, it, and it did it again. Uh, but uh, it was apparently some kind of little sensor needed to be replaced on, and he got it fixed. But it just—but I just got so tickled though. Every time he drove it, nothing. Every time she drove it, it happened. And he's like, "Brandy, what are you doing to this thing?" So, well, hello, Miss Pooh. We missed you this morning. How dare you? I know. 
Brandy said, I thought she might have went to Knoxville. She might have told me, but I don't remember. <laughs> Just flew in. Just flew in. I bet your arms are tired. All right, let's look at Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We're starting a brand new book of the Bible, and we're going to study, if we can, all three chapters. <laughs> so it might be a long, arduous process, but we'll get through it somehow. But I tell you, I really enjoyed uh, uh, our study of Hebrews. In fact, I'm kind of missing it. I really enjoyed uh, uh, that study we've been doing. I uh, thoroughly, thoroughly liked it. There. We'll see where the Lord leads us in, in Titus. Uh, those online, I'm sorry, I did not bring, I didn't make a slide. I meant to and forgot. Uh, Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. And to Titus, my true child in common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. All right, let's go ahead and have another quick word of prayer if we may, and we'll dive into this here. Dear Father, again, we just come before you, and Lord, thank you so much again for us to come together and meet this evening. Lord, please guide us in your word, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Uh, Lord, help us to glean from this, help us to apply it to our spiritual walk and life. And Lord, let us continually to uh, be in continual growth and to strive to have that mind of Christ. And Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. All right, so you know, we look at this book of Titus here, a lot of cool things going on and uh, so to, 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 that we can look at here. Uh, you know, first of all, for the very first thing we see here, it says, Paul, a servant of God. Now, uh, he didn't say Paul, the righteous reverend, doctor, uh, apostle, uh, the, uh, uh, the speaker of great many places. You know, you, you look at uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, when a minister or a visiting minister comes in or an evangelist comes in, you know, they get all these accolades that uh, they put along with that, you know, and uh, let you know who they are and uh, what they've done. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, they've earned it and uh, that's fine. But that's one thing that we see here with Paul. Uh, he didn't uh, put those kind of things on there. In fact, just the opposite. He put Paul, a servant, doulos, a slave. So he really... Uh, really just humbling himself in a major way here, talking about that he was a slave to God. And, you know, that's one thing with us who are saved. For those of us who know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you know, that, uh, the, the term slave obviously is not a very popular term, particularly right now with all this uh, racial tension that's going on. And, uh, but, you know, keep in mind that, of course, when we look at slavery in the Bible, uh, it's a, it wasn't a racial type of slavery that, uh, of course, that they're upset about. Uh, but, uh, but when we are a slave to God, we are owned by God. You know, so I'm, it kind of goes back to this morning a little bit, talking about surrendering all to God. When we surrender all to God, uh, we want to be uh, his slaves, you know, giving our all to him, giving our best to him. And, and that he is not a, a heavy taskmaster. You know, it's very interesting how a lot of times uh, people want to make the comparison between uh, the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament, and that the God of the Old Testament was uh, just this uh, horrible, uh, bad, and vengeful God. And, uh, and so they, you know, and then, but if God, you know, they almost like right, Jesus has to hold him back uh, to, to keep from smiting us, if you will. But uh, in fact, God is a God of love and always has been. You know, he got aggravated uh, with the children of Israel. He kept trying to chase after pagan gods, you know, time and again. Uh, you know, he kept trying to say, don't do this. And what do they do? Ah, look what I'm doing. You know, and just like uh, Moses goes on uh, Mount Sinai. And then, uh, you know, here he comes back down and his brothers made a golden calf. And, you know, and, and, and I always thought that was so funny because he's like, did you make this? No, we threw jewelry in the fire and it has come out. You know, I can just imagine, I got a sister, but if I had a brother, and I come down and try to do God's work, and I say, where does calf come from? Where does golden idol come from? Oh, I just threw it in the fire and I come out and say, you idiot, you think I'm going to believe something like that? I mean, really, you know? Some of y'all got brothers and sisters, you know what I'm talking about. You think, you 
Probably smacking the back of the head. Moses probably did. <laughs> you know, idiot. <laughs> Stupid you think I am. <laughs> you know, and uh, so uh, I got sidetracked on that. Front. What I was even talking about. Uh, uh, I'm sure I have siblings we'd like to slap from time to time. <laughs> but, uh, and I love, my, I love my sister, though. So I don't care what Brandy says about hers. Um, <laughs> But anyway, then uh, he was that slave. You know, he was slave to God. And that's one thing we have to do is um, make sure that we're uh, focusing all of our attention on the things of Christ. You know, um, we look at our nation and uh, we're often referred to as a Christian nation, uh, which is, uh, you know, rightly so. Uh, you know, our laws were built on the moral law, uh, which is really uh, based on the Ten Commandments of God's law. You know, it always amazes me uh, the, the um, academic ignorance of those out there who say, this, this has never been a Christian nation and it was never founded on that. And, you know, it tries to throw out these arguments and, you know, it's crazy. You know, we, we come here to uh, escape, our, our ancestors came to escape religious persecution. Uh, our laws were indeed, but, you know, we're not, even though uh, when you say that, a lot of times we want to say, well, we're not a, a theistic uh, nation. No, we're not, you know, but you cannot deny that it was based on those uh, moral laws that God has put into place. And, you know, when you see that, you know, when you, you, you look at that um, analogy of, uh, of those who want to, uh, those that disagree with that put out there, it's just, you know, you can just tell that there's full of it. You know, they're just parroting uh, what they have heard. And that we are not at the institution. We can worship however we want to, and uh, uh, and and do whatever you want to. And still don't deny the fact there's one true God, and still don't deny the fact there's only one way to heaven, that's through Jesus Christ alone. Doesn't deny that. And uh, so we have always been a Christian nation, despite uh, eight years of a Muslim sympathizer going around apologizing and bowing to everything and everybody. Uh, we've always been a Christian nation. Now, you know, but you can still see the moral decay uh, of where we have come. You know, you look at, uh, you know, I still hard to believe about a high school almost 30 years. You know, if somebody says 1991, I still think, well, that's a few years ago. You know, I just, it does. I mean, it's like, you know, and I'm like, it just, it just don't seem to seem to click, you know, and uh, uh, it's hard to believe it's been that amount of time. But when you look beyond that, 40, 50 years ago, you know, you had good, wholesome TV shows, you know, like uh, uh, My Three Sons or uh, Leave It to Beaver or Andy Griffith. You know, the, the worst thing that happened on Andy Griffith was Aunt B couldn't be Miss Mayberry, you know. Oh, you know, dramatic music, you know, going on. Uh, the reason why I said that was just on the other day when I... Uh, Kerosene pickles. Kerosene pickles, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Very bad. But, uh, so, you know, you see the wholesome... Goodness. I mean, you saw uh, mothers and fathers being uh, uh, demonstrated in the home, uh, children from those families. Uh, uh, extramarital affairs was definitely a no-no and not seen. In fact, it was to the point where it showed husbands and wives in separate beds, you know. And particularly uh, with the same-sex uh, relationships were definitely uh, would not have been portrayed. And, and in fact, it was even considered by the Psychiatric Association as deviant behavior that could be cured. But you see now how far it has come from uh, that kind of wholesome attitude uh, to where we're at today, where not only is gay, uh, the homosexuality is not only um, encouraged, you have gay, supposedly great gay pride parades and such. You have, uh, uh, you know, extramarital affairs, sex outside of marriage. No big deal now, according to Hollywood. You know, you see such a, a moral uh, decay uh, compared to where we used to be. And it's sad to see. It's sad that our children have to see that. You know, I, uh, there's times when I've been sitting there with my daughter and uh, we'd be watching a, you know, some superhero show we like to watch and have some garbage on there. And I would literally, I'm ready to tell you, I'll stop and be like, that is wrong. Let me tell you why it's wrong. And then what bothers me is the amount of parents who use the TV as a babysitter who don't do that. So now that's why you have a group of morons in, in uh, Washington and different places to protest act like lunatics because they never had any true parental guidance because you had parents too willing to want to be their buddies instead of their mommies and daddies. And uh, that's like I liked on Facebook. Somebody said the difference between 
my, uh, my mother in, was it like the 80s or 90s, versus mothers today, and it said, when they back-talked their mother, and it showed a picture of Rocky with his face beat all to pieces. That was the difference between mothers then and now, showing coddling and holding their little child, you know? And that's one thing, I, I might have back-talked my parents, but uh, if I did, I knew what was coming, you know? I knew that that belt was gonna be a swing in some way, in some way, shape, form, fashion, and the worst words you could possibly hear, wait till your dad gets home. God. You know, I've already been spanked once. I got to deal with that too. You know, the anxiety level up here, particularly if it's a Sunday night or Wednesday night, because because you know I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking, okay, church is over. He's talking to some people. When's he going to come? When's he going to get here? You know, and then all of a sudden you hear that door open. You're like, oh God, please. <laughs> so you know what you do now. <laughs> so you straighten up and act like somebody. And uh, so we see that moral decay. We'll see. The reason I bring all that up is that uh, when we're looking here at Titus, uh, they were, um, uh, uh, Paul and Titus had went to Crete. And Crete was just a morally uh, corrupt uh, area. It was like an island. I think it was like a 160 feet, no, it's 160 feet, <laughs> 160 miles long, I think, something like that, and between uh, 70 to 130 miles wide, something to that effect. Yeah, 160 feet, 130 feet, that'd be a small island, wouldn't it? So, when we went to Crete, so, it was literally put, and we, we shrunk ourselves down. It is, uh, um, so they went there to minister, and see, Crete was so morally corrupt, uh, was so, they, they were known uh, as a bunch of liars. Uh, that's one that they were known as. Uh, in fact, there was a word, um, I might have wrote that down here, uh, the day, um, uh, in the Greek that they called them uh, in regards to being uh, liars. I keep my mind, but I can, can't remember now. Uh, I don't know. I want to say Cadissimo, Cadissimos. Anyway, you're talking about how more, you know, there's really a bunch of liars and morally corrupt that they were. And, uh, you know, because you, you kind of contrast that. Because sometimes you think, you know, uh, how bad people need the Lord today. And you think about how morally corrupt it is today. And you think, well, there's, there's nobody else in history has ever had to face anything like that. But you look at, even at this time period, even with Paul and, and Titus, uh, that they were having to deal with situations that were morally corrupt or wrong even then. And that they're trying to spread the gospel message and talk to, to them about the Lord. And even and Titus, they said, well, it was very good in, in, in delegation, tough situations. Uh, and that, um, uh, so he was able to deal with, with administration uh, issues. He was able to deal with those kind of things and was good at that area. And uh, in fact, they say that uh, Titus may have even been uh, Luke's brother, uh, because you see, and uh, they say that uh, Luke uh, co-authored with Acts, and uh, that um, and he refers to a lot of time uh, that we did this and we did that, uh, in reference that uh, that perhaps it was him and Titus doing these things. But Titus and Paul, you know, that was like Titus was like Paul's right hand man. I mean, he was somebody he could really trust, somebody he could really depend on, somebody he knew that would take care of things. And he didn't have to worry about. So him and Titus were very, very, very close. And uh, so, you know, when we know that this world, particularly our nation, as bad as it is, uh, we've got to be that light. We've got to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's move on here just a little bit. We'll get into that here in just a little more uh, detail here. Paul, a servant, remember, I do lost that, that slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, all right, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect. Now, I've hit on this before, and uh, but I want to clarify some things here in case I've made any confusion. Uh, again, you know, uh, dealing with election, uh, that's an area that a lot of pastors don't want to deal with. It is uh, difficult for people to accept. It's difficult for people to understand. Uh, some people want to, um, to categorize it in the fact that, uh, well, uh, God knows everything, which he does. He's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he's all-knowing, he's everywhere. That part is true. Uh, but they try to say, well, he knew who was going to be saved, uh, so therefore uh, he knew who the elect was going to be. Well, that minimizes uh, God's power uh, in what he was trying to do in his sovereignty uh, because when you try to delegate that, then you're trying to say that man is sovereign and because of what he was, uh, because of what man was going to do, then God was trying to change his plans accordingly around what man is doing, which is completely erroneous and wrong. Uh, God predestined. He knew, he chose 
who was going to be the elect. He chose who was going to be saved. And again, like, and I've mentioned this several times before, if you get a chance, read that book, Calvinism in the Las Vegas Airport, really uh, makes a lot of sense and really helps uh, with the understanding of election. Because when I first started in the ministry, I did have a hard time with it. I did have a hard time understanding that. You know, it didn't make any sense to me. I, didn't, I thought, well, that, that don't seem fair. That don't seem right. For God so loved the world. He was the only son. That doesn't, you know, he, he come to save everybody. That's what Jesus came to do. But he didn't come to save everybody. Because that would, have, that would have cheapened what he was doing because he knew not everybody would accept him. So he died for the elect, those he had chosen, which makes it that's much more special because God chose us. That's what makes it very special. And again, people will come back and say, well, that isn't fair. Well, you know, God didn't have to choose anybody. He did not have to choose one single person. You know, and, and he, like I said, God could have easily sat back and said, you know what world, you choose me, don't choose me, that's completely up to you. And every single one of us would have died and went to hell because none of us would have chose him. Our, our pride, our selfishness uh, would have not allowed it to happen. And so God had become very much man, that anthropomorphism. He had become very much man. He had become very much God. He was both God and man. Right there, he was, and so uh, uh, that's what he had to be to be perfect enough to die for our sins. Now, people may say, uh, "Well, how do we know who the elect are?" So they th they, sometimes some people will use that as a reason uh, not to evangelize. It gives, it gives a reason uh, not to go and tell others about the love of Jesus Christ. They say, "Well, if God's already chosen them, then, then we don't need to do anything," which is a fallacy. We still uh, have an obligation and a duty to go out there and spread the gospel message because we don't know who the elect are. And they, so, you know, we still need to plant that seed. And anybody who calls upon his name will be saved. You know, I, I've seen people before that uh, uh, they, they're worried. Why do I know I'm the elect? How do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that this is... If, if you wasn't saved, first of all, you wouldn't care. You'd just be right back out in the world doing everything you think you was doing before. Uh, the fact that you recognize that and understand that if you prayed that sinner's prayer, you are saved. All right, so you are the elect. So don't worry about that. Uh, and uh, you know, don't, don't let that be a, uh, a concern or a worry. As long as you've prayed that prayer. And again, that's not just some magical wording. Like some people think that when you pray the prayer of salvation, it's like uh, saying, uh, uh, was that on... Um, Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse, make you look you high, make a honey hole, and, and, and then the word of the day would pop up or whatever. It's not like some magic words, all right? It, that, it's, not, it's, it's that you are willing to do loss, be a slave to God, that you're willing to surrender all to God, that you're willing to be dependent upon God, and that you recognize that Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, he rose from the grave for you. That's how you know that you are saved. But see, he's trying to, you know, that, that this, this dealing with election, uh, even then was, was, probably, was probably difficult for Paul to uh, uh, explain and for Titus to explain to those, uh, uh, to the Jews then. But uh, even some of the Hellenistic Jews as such, they come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior. And uh, so we see here, uh, God's elect. Now, does that make sense with the election? Does that make everybody, anybody confused on that? So I don't want anybody to be confused. It can, like, it does, like I said, I had a, after I, I talked about this once before, and I had a, a lady contact me, and uh, she still, she more or less said, well, I don't know if I really believe that or not. And I, was, I, I gave her some information to read, some things she needs to look at. I haven't heard back from her. I tried to explain it the best I could, but it is, it is hard. It's hard for a lot of people to understand that. Uh, but it makes your salvation that much more sweeter knowing that God chose you. He chose me. You have been chosen. You know, you've heard Dad say before and, and, and the illustrative stuff that when you have a child, you're stuck with that or whatever you get. I mean... Oh, your mother looked at you, Brandy. Oh, poor Brandy. <laughs> Her mom said, oh, what a treasure. Her dad said, yeah, let's bury it. Uh, <laughs> from Hobby, he probably did. Uh, <laughs> but it is, uh, uh, 
But, you know, you're stuck with it. Whatever, you, whatever Paul said, good, bad, or ugly, it's yours. You know, I always think about that uh, Seinfeld, uh, episode of Seinfeld, where that had that ugly baby. I don't know how many of y'all saw that or not. And Kramer, they always they said, oh, look at this baby, how beautiful it is. And Kramer went in, he was like, ugh. It's hideous. But, uh, but God chose you, warts and all. It don't matter. He wanted you. And, uh, you know, it's like, wow, God, you know, here I'm a sinner. Here I screw up. Here I mess up. And you still want me? You know, I'm, I, you know like I said, I've told you this before. Even as a pastor, I feel like a low life sometimes. You know, I just feel like the lowest form of, of scum on the earth because of the way I mess up and think or say or do. And I'm just like, wow, on earth, Lord, would you want to put up with me? But he loves us anyway, despite all of that. And even though he loves us and his grace is sufficient, it doesn't mean that uh, uh, we have the um, uh, ability just to sin and do whatever we want to. You know, we have to want to strive to do the good things for Jesus Christ. Not that that will merit us uh, interest in heaven because we're doing good things, but out of our love for Jesus Christ, we want to do those good things. That's one, that's one wonderful thing about it. Let's go over here at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13, if we may. Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 13. It's the first one I want to read. Let's see. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's not the verse I was thinking of. I just think, hold on a second. That is not the verse I was thinking of. Hmm. I do want to look at 2 Corinthians, but there was a verse I was thinking of in my mind. What was the verse I was thinking of here? Hold on a second here. I apologize. Oh, I think that's what it was. Hold on here. I think I figured out what it was. Hold on, make sure. Okay, yeah, 2 Timothy 2.10. That's what it was. Now, 2 Corinthians, but 2 Timothy 2.10. That's where I was wanting you to look at quickly here. I apologize. 2 Timothy 2, verse 10. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. All right. Now, um, let's see here. Yeah, now, when I was talking about Paul and Titus uh, and uh, their relationship, that's where I was getting a little confused out there. That's why I was getting those mixed up. But 2 Corinthians 8, 23, uh, you can look there, fine. If you don't, that's okay. But I just want to read it real quick. It says, as for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches of the glory of Christ. So that kind of established a little bit uh, the relationship between Paul and Titus. We understand that uh, that Paul was, again, referring to the elect, not just here, but we see all that also in 2 Corinthians uh, of his reference to the elect, okay? Uh, let's see here. Um, let me get back over here. Uh, elect to their knowledge of the truth, as in verse 1, uh, which accords with godliness, all right? Which is, uh, when you look at the word godliness, you can look at the Greek word uh, kata, uh, K-A-T-A, -A, all right? Kata, not Mr. Kata, but uh, kata. <laughs> and, uh, hello, Mr. Kata. Uh, purpose uh, is what we see there, that word there, because we as Christians do have a purpose and we do have a reason. We do uh, need to make sure that we are um, showing that, uh, that godliness, so that we're showing a, um, uh, demonstrating Christ's love in all areas of our lives uh, and how we think, how we react and, and what we do uh, in our actions. Uh, you know, are you demonstrating the things of Jesus Christ? Are you, are you demonstrating that purpose from which you were called? Uh, you know, you need to ask yourself these things. You know, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the things around you that uh, particularly on Facebook and uh, those around you and how you, what you think is funny and what you, you know, how you react to situations. People are watching you far closer than you realize. 
And, uh, you know, and I had to, that was a, a, a rude awakening for me because I, um, uh, when I first come to the ministry and Facebook was just getting really started at that time too. And how can I put this? It, I wanted to be, just trying to be myself, trying to be real. But my problem was I was putting too much of myself out there. And it was hurting the ministry and not helping it. It was, uh, uh, I wasn't being a witness. Uh, I was um, uh, really being uh, very mean, cold, and callous, uh, so to speak. And, um, and, and it, uh, it took, uh, uh, I think that's what somebody may even call somebody would even leave the church here because the way I was acting. Uh, because I wasn't thinking of it uh, as, um, I don't know, Demonstrating a life that is being watched. That makes sense. You know, people were looking at my actions and, and uh, showing Jesus, representing Jesus Christ in the right way, being an ambassador the way I should have been. And, uh, and I look back, and though my intentions were good, uh, I meant it uh, in a way to try to uh, witness or uh, to tell others about the Lord, it, I was doing it the wrong way. Uh, I, uh, instead of doing it, speaking the truth in love, uh, I, was, you know, I was being kind of um, uh, obnoxious uh, or rude, if you will, about it. And, uh, and again, uh, in my uh, ignorance and arrogance, I, uh, wasn't, uh, I wasn't using a lot of things as a teaching moment. Uh, again, it's so easy to get caught up uh, with what is referred to as the trolls. All right, because a lot of people on there, of course, then uh, the, the, the term troll wasn't uh, prevalent. And people, some people just put stuff on there just trying to push your buttons. And I was getting caught up in that and wasn't demonstrating a godly attitude. And that's what they wanted. And that's why we have to be very aware of that as Christians, that we're demonstrating a godly attitude wherever you are at. Because you never know who's watching. You know, you could be in Walmart and somebody, you know, uh, it'd be, you may be having a bad day and, you know, the cashier's not very friendly and you show yourself and you realize uh, register two down was uh, Fred Pear. And she saw Richard over screaming and shaking his fist at the cashiers, threw his bags against the wall. And she thought, man, and he teaches emphasis class. Look at that, you know? What is that? Stick of butter. You all let it go. <laughs> One guy throws butter at me, and that's all I ever hear. Yeah, you remember my story. I'll never forget that. Yeah, got mad, threw butter at me. You know, uh, I don't know. I do sitting there. Well, Brady can tell you. I still remember that. You know, he's sitting there taking. Huh? So, sitting there taking his time reading the ingredients on milk. I said, are you going to sit there all day? I can't remember what I said. I chased him through that Walmart. And he's like, man, I said, if he didn't my daughter, he didn't. <laughs> but anyway, but it, my point is because, the reason why I wonder is why I say that, is just the other day, I went to a different bank that I normally go to, and I don't know where, I don't, as far as I know, I don't know anybody in there. All of a sudden, the girl's like, hey, man, how you doing? And, you know, I said, boy, your beard's getting long. And I'm like, hey, you... <laughs> And, uh, and she's like talking to me like she knows me. And I'm like, uh, you go to church anywhere? She goes, oh, yeah, we'll go to this. I thought, well, then she don't go to our church. Where is it? Maybe she's on your, your, on your Facebook or something. I, was, I don't know. I was freaking me out, man. You know, she just like knew me. You know, and so if I had known that and I was having a bad day and I got smart with her, you know, she'd be like, yeah, look at that preacher, you know, because I didn't, I didn't, I don't know who she is. So that's why I say you've got to be careful in how you demonstrate and, and make sure that we're, we are being those, those faithful followers for the Lord. And we're doing those things that are honoring and pleasing unto God. All right. Now, uh, verse 2, in hope of eternal life. All right. So we see that in hope of eternal life, that we have that hope. We have that hope for the future. We have that hope of eternity. See, so, so we, can, we can hope for different things. But one thing is for sure that we have something to look forward to beyond this life. We have that hope 
of eternal life. You know, I just can't imagine the day that comes we get to meet Jesus Christ. You know, I just can't imagine. You talk about the next great adventure. You know, uh, I know some people, it scares them to think about dying. And, and I understand, I understand to a certain extent because you're thinking, you know, I've never died before. You know, that's, you know, it wasn't Joe Biden that said, uh, uh, oh, it's something to the, to the effect that uh, all those who died of COVID, you don't want to get sick again or something like that. You know, something stupid. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, you know, we've not experienced that. But, you know, the cool thing is that when we die, that we'll be immediately in the presence of God. You know, so I think some people think you're going to be in the ground or you're going to be hovering around watching people cry. It's not going to be like that. You're going to be immediately in the presence of God. And then we get to experience all eternity. No more dying. No more worries. Nobody or people not leaving us ever again. I get to torment my mother-in-law for eternity. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> of course, if my mother-in-law there, would it still be heaven? <laughs> That's just bad, wasn't it? That's just bad. But we get to have that hope for eternity. So keep that hope. As Christians, keep that hope. Don't get so bogged down with the temporal things of this world. It's easy to do. I do it all the time, you know. It's so easy to worry about those things. It goes back to what I was talking about this morning in Matthew 6. We read verses 25, I think through 28 or 29. You know, if God's going to take care of all these little things, you know, he's got it. He's got our lives. He's going to take care of us. So just keep that hope for those things that are eternal, which God, who never lies, all right, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested his word. Now, one thing's for sure. That's another thing we can bank on is the fact that God never lies. And if he promises something, we can bank on that. We can count on it. Again, going back to what I was talking to a little bit uh, this morning in regards to our dependence, our trust, that God is faithful, that God, when he makes that promise, that we can count on that. And so, you know, that's a wonderful thing. You know, there's a lot of people that, that deal with broken promises, but we know that we can, we can count on God's promises. But here's something that we need to look at here just a little bit, that, uh, that at the proper time, now, when this was written, when this was going on, could not have been written at a better time. Uh, first of all, uh, is that the, um, the ability of the word of mouth of telling others about God, talking to others about salvation, talking to others about Christianity. The Romans have built elaborate roads, even though it was still, you know, there was no, no mechanical ways to, a means of getting around. You know, it's still slow walking and, and, and animals that walk slow and, and carry things. But still, they had the ability to get the word out uh, more than any other time. It was a more of a peaceful time than any other parts of the, uh, of the time of the world because if there had been wars and things going on, it had been harder for them uh, to get out uh, the gospel message. And um, uh, I'm sorry, I am burning up. <laughs> we got to get some air going. Uh, but uh, is that, um, uh, oh, I don't know what I was going to say, is that everybody spoke Greek. Even though they may have come from all, uh, other cultures, other places, everybody spoke Greek. And so that made it easier to spread the gospel. So the time, this time period in particular, could not have been a better time in history to tell others about Jesus Christ. You know, and that's one thing, too, uh, that um, uh, when you look at uh, spreading the gospel message and how it was spread by word of mouth in comparison to something like Islam, uh, you know, the, the religion of the sword, uh, which was spread through force and through wars, they, you know, and, and bloodshed is how they spread their message. But the word of God was spread through the word of mouth, telling others about Christ's love and what he had done. Very similar to how we do it today, that we're trying to tell others about Jesus. And, you know, I think that today, you know, right now, we're talking about how it's the proper time in that place in history uh, and, and, and when he's talking to Titus here, uh, you know, I feel like in a way it, it is uh, one of the harder times in history for us to spread the gospel message today. You know, if you have all these, you know, we talk about Facebook and stuff, you have all these uh, pseudo intellects out there, if you will, that all they got Google and Yahoo at their fingertips, oh, they know it all. 
He used to confront them one on one. You know, they're like you know, deer in a headlight. They won't hardly say boo. In fact, I know it for a fact because I know some people on uh, social media who run that mouth big time. But if I've met them face to face, oh hi Matt, how you doing? Good to see you, just sweet as they could be. And I'm like, man, whatever, just go on. But um, but you know, another thing too is that a lot of um, the youth and children, young adults, it's just like they're they're hardened when it comes to the things of the Lord. You know, I, I told you this before, uh, growing up, uh, you, know, when, uh, my, you know, when dad, he was the other full-time pastor in this area. And um, I remember doing a lot of um, youth conferences and I remember going to different camps. And, and um, even, you know, when he was preaching at Liberty Church down the road here, um, the relatively uh, younger people were coming. Well, even when we started the church here, there's a lot of younger people were coming then too. But it just seemed like in the, uh, when I remember when I was a kid, particularly early 80s and stuff, and, uh, late 70s, uh, it is, um, uh, I remember that people were excited. They wanted to hear about Jesus. I mean, you tell it when they, when the Lord really touched their hearts and that zeal and that enthusiasm, they were eager and they wanted to learn. They wanted to know. You see them carrying their Bibles and it was exciting. And then, then you, you come, you know, I think was, uh, some people call it even the, the 70s, particularly, I think it was, well, some people refer to it as the third awakening. There was like a, uh, eye-opening experience for a lot of people then. But then you fast forward to today and you try to tell some young person about Jesus Christ. You try to get through to them in some way, shape, form, or fashion and they're like, mm. it just, they're, it's just like they're hardened. You know? Uh, it's just like, you know, the God of this world has blinded them. And it's just like, it, there's no effect. There's no, it's like, it's like trying to break down a, a brick wall trying to get into that, uh, the, the tenderness of their heart to make them understand what's going on. They've been so brought up in, in, in cruelty in a lot of their homes, uh, inundated with liberal ideology and public school systems. And it's just, you just can't, it's just, it seems so hard uh, to get through to these, some of these kids. You know, when I look back, uh, there's a couple of people I can think of when I was teaching youth. It's an awesome thing to see, uh, particularly, I think one young lady in particular who really, uh, she got with a young life and uh, she's really doing well and really got a heart for the gospel. That's kind of cool as a youth pastor, a uh, former youth pastor, to see that, uh, to see the, uh, someone that you uh, uh, used to teach to go on and really serve the Lord. It makes you feel really old when you start seeing them have kids and thinking, I could be their granddaddy. You know, that, that part's like, oh man, that, that ain't cool. So, and Brandy thinks it's so funny because the teacher she works for, she says, oh, she could be your daughter. She's only 30 years old. She's your old. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'm glad she feels that way. But, uh, so, you know, that's why, you know, even though it was a proper time then, it doesn't neglect, even though it makes it harder, difficult now to try to tell others about the Lord, we really have to try to make that effort. And that's why we have to study to show ourselves approved because a lot of these kids today, they want answers. And they want to know, but we have to be prepared to give them those answers. So many people deal with circular reasoning and the fact that, well, why does God's word say that? Because it says that. Why did Jesus Christ say, do, die for us? Because that's what God's word says. Why did he create the heavens and earth? Because that's what God's word says. See, you're not, you're not, they're not getting real answers from a lot of people. And I think that's one reason why they, they have a hard time and they struggle uh, with the things of Christ. That's why we, as Christians, need to study to show ourselves approved, to be able to give those answers when we are asked. Are we going to have all the answers all the time? No. But, uh, and when you don't know, tell them you don't know. I think they have, with children or adults, either one, I think they have more respect when you say, I don't know, let me find out, and I get back with you. You know, it's like a lot of people, um, even, even teachers, uh, you know, I've told you this before, I think they thought that I had the same intellect as my father, you know, and, uh, they found out real quick that I had to wear a helmet to keep from hurting myself, you know. And so they, uh, even teachers would be like, uh, well, Matt, you know your dad spoke on this. That's why I'm in school, because I don't know. You know, I've not had Greek before. Sorry, you know. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so, that, you know, so it makes it difficult. And so a lot of times, even, even now, people come up, and if I know the answer, I will tell them. If they come up and ask me some wild question like, well, if God knew they were going to sin, why did he allow the snake in the garden? I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe one of those things we may have to ask when we get to heaven, you know. Uh, but um, so if I don't know, I'll tell them. Say, look, I don't know. And then I'll try to find the answer and get back with them. Uh, let's see here. Uh, at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching 
with which I have been entrusted to by the command of God our Savior. All right? Again, showing that salvation, through salvation, God chooses us. Right, once again, he's shown that God our Savior, that he chooses us. To Titus, my true child, in other words, illegitimate, is another way you could probably, uh, well, probably that, that you, you can't interpret that, is legitimate child in common faith. Going back to what we were just looking at in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 23, uh, in grace and peace from God the Father, Christ Jesus our Savior. So, you know, that's why, you know, we have to look at uh, the fact that um, we do live in a pagan world and that we do have a responsibility to... Uh, to understand or help other people understand that Jesus, what Jesus Christ done on the cross for them. Uh, I've never seen such hatred and vile uh, attitudes in regards to Christianity and to Christians uh, and to God. Um, if, you, if, you, if you ever want to look at an article, oh, if, if, if JHL or CYB or, uh, or, or ABC or something like that, put something on Facebook, and uh, they put something on there in regards to uh, pray for President Trump, something like that, okay? You wouldn't believe, and some of y'all may have seen it, some of the most, I mean, ungodly, blasphemous things that people put on there. And, uh, you know, I like what um, Bill O'Reilly uh, put out, um, uh, that was yesterday, I think I shared it. And it said that, uh, you know, even though so he's talking about, I said how COVID is an epidemic and it can be cured, something that uh, is rarely overcome is evil. And he's regarding those who uh, was spoke, talking about, he's hoping that they would hope Trump and his wife would die from this. Uh, just showing the evil, vile hearts. You know, sometimes I wonder if um, what we see and hear today uh, is, is makes Sodom and Gomorrah look like a picnic, you know, because it's just so... Uh, the, the, I've never seen such evil and such hatred towards God and no respect at all. I mean, a God that can, uh, can smite us in any, I mean, can wipe it off the face of the earth with a blink and they just sit there and shake their fist and mock him. Uh, yeah. You know, it is uh, indicative uh, that we are without a doubt that the last days have to be. I mean, just, uh, just like the times uh, in Noah's time, you know, how they mocked and made fun of him and they learned real quick what was going to happen uh, to their fate. And I think that's what's going to happen now. God's given them time. He's given them time to turn. He's given them time to come to know Him as their personal Lord and Savior. And then, then they're going to spend an eternity in hell. They're going to find out real quick that there is it was a God. They're going to find out real quick that they should accept Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Every knee will bow every time we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so that's why we bear the responsibility as Christians. See, so many Christians want to come and they want to be fed. And they want to learn. And that's great. And that's what you should do. I'm hoping that, you, that people will come here eager uh, to learn the things of Jesus Christ. But then, then that's where it stops. See, we, have, we bear the responsibility. Each and every one of you in here. Each and one of you watching online. We have the responsibility to, uh, uh, to go out and tell others. To feed. To go out and tell others about the love of Jesus Christ. To go out and tell others uh, what, what he has done for them. And I think a lot of people, they're shy. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. That's self-centeredness. You realize that? If you're so shy, you think, well, I don't know what somebody's going to say or what they're going to do if I speak up or do anything, then you're worried about yourself. You have not surrendered all to God because you're worried about yourself. That's when you're able to die of self and live for Christ, can you have the boldness and ability to tell others about Jesus? And, you know, whether uh, our kids are at school, I, you know, I know, uh, praise God, that Madison has the ability. She don't, she don't shy away from it, does she? And uh, tell us about the Lord. And um, uh, and I know that Papa B will probably give her a hard time about that. And uh, more than likely, I told Brady, I said, you know, I want to get uh, get the hate mail here re here pretty soon. She said, why is that? I said, because I want to speak on the... The, on Halloween, I said, people go berserk, buddy. They, I've had, never had more hate than you shake a stick at online because I dare to speak against Halloween. Most of the time, it's just from my family members, you know. So it is, it, it is um, so it's not that I dread it. I mean, I, I like to talk about it. It's just, I don't know, I just get tired of the, the love for a holiday that is, does everything, anything, Polar opposite 
of glorifying God. You know, and it kills me the amount of Christians out there who uh, uh, get so bent out of shape over something so ridiculous. You know, if a kid wants candy out bad, take him down to Walmart or her down to Walmart. Go down the aisles and pick out what you want. Of course, then again, if you see candy prices here lately, it might be better to go to the Dollar Tree and pick out whatever you want. <laughs> so, you know, but... Uh, I know a guy one time went to the Dollar Tree and asked, is everything in here really a dollar? <laughs> I won't say who that was. Sit in front of me in a maroon shirt. <laughs> in his defense, it's when we first got a Dollar Tree in this area. And it was a little, because we never used to that around here. And I was kind of curious myself, but I put him up to ask him. <laughs> so, so I didn't have to ask. <laughs> Uh, poor old Poppy, bless his heart. But, uh, uh, oh, and we need to also put ourselves in the authority of the church as well. You know, and I understand, and I, I hit on this a little bit the other day, is that uh, when we put ourselves in the authority of the church, I, I understand that that can be a little scary sometimes. And uh, I hit on this a little bit Wednesday evening. Because you know, there's a lot of cults out there. There's a lot of false teaching out there. There's, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about Jim Jones and some of these other things. And there's a lot of, you know, you have to be very careful uh, and so people are kind of scared uh, when it comes to putting yourself in the authority of their church, showing that kind of submission. And I talked about how we live in an area where, where people are, are more uh, apt to, um, uh, you know, our Scottish heritage, as you will, we, 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 we're more to be rebellious than anything. But, uh, but we need to make sure that we're putting ourselves in the submission of the church, uh, under the authority. Because remember, God is the head of the church. All right, and we and dad, pastors are like us, or we are the under shepherds. And uh, that's how we, we keep ourselves accountable. That's how we know we're on the staying on the right track and doing the right things. And that's all these things that Paul's been hitting on, on this. Just in these first four verses, talking about the leg, talking about dealing with, uh, with the pagan world, and even in his time, dealing with those types of situations. But dealing with the, putting yourself under the authority of the church. Uh, making sure that we as Christians are, are living a life uh, that is demonstrating the glories of God, uh, that we are, are trying to do those good things. And again, good things are not saying that you merit your way into heaven, but as a demonstration, as your attitude uh, is a reflection of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And are you doing those things? Are you doing these things that we, uh, that we discussed tonight? Are you being a reflection of Christ in your attitude? And, you know, that, like I've told you before, I can't stand rude. I cannot stand rude people. It, it makes me angry. I guess because uh, maybe we're just getting more Yankees around here. I don't know what. But it, it makes me mad when I say, excuse me, and they walk off. I hold the door somebody. You know, no thank you. I appreciate that. You know, uh, somebody drops something and say, here, let me get that. I got it. You know, that makes me angry. That upsets me. Brandy can tell you. But uh, I think if you are particularly a professing Christian, you need to have a good attitude, show good manners, and be a reflection. You want to help other people. You want to show niceties. And even though people can be rude, you think, well, you know what? I've done the right thing to heck with it. You know, really. You know, that's all of them. And uh, uh, so that, we, that we're always showing that attitude. So remember, you know, we look at this here, and we see that here the Apostle Paul, uh, at the very beginning, Paul the servant, showing due loss, uh, being a slave. You know, he could have put on, easily put on, uh, uh, you know, call me the righteous Reverend Mr. Paul or Dr. Paul, but now he's talking about being that servant. And that uh, he was after, uh, talking about the elect, after knowledge, after truth, talking about God's promises, talking about all these things, talking about salvation. Make sure that we hold, hold tight to these things. It's not that we're taking it for granted and that we don't take for granted our faith and how special it is. And again, that's something I referred to this morning, that we don't take it for granted. You know, I, I use that illustration talking about Old Faithful and how the, the man said that um, everybody, the tourists were all excited, but everybody else that lived around there could care less, uh, you know, and um, because they take for granted the natural beauty that they were seeing. Let's don't take for granted what God has given us. Well, if you'll stand, we'll have a word of prayer. Appreciate all you guys and gals for coming out uh, this evening and uh, hope you all have a great and wonderful week this week. And remember, live each day as if it were your last. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful and glorious day you've blessed us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help us to live for you each and every day, to be a witness for you each and every day. And Lord, if there's anyone watching online or here today, 
or tonight that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, please be with us. Lead us, God, and protect us till we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all have a good night and a good week.